Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello, Pats Nation, and we welcome you to the latest and always greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by our friends at WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. We would like to also welcome you today to the greatest football weekend every year, the greatest football weekend on earth, my personal favorite divisional round weekend it's the best because champ sunday is arguably the greatest day of football but you get two champ sundays back to back saturday we got 4 30 and 8 sunday we've got 3 and 6 30 and here to help us preview those plus talk patriots offensive coordinator options diva receivers and so much more our friend a regular on the show probably looking to see if he could squeeze on the payroll spoiler alert, i gotta pay us first the one and only <laughs> mike giardi from the nfl network good morning michael how are you kid uh good morning gentlemen how are you oh top of the world top of the world let's just start real quick with something uh that got dropped on us right before we rolled uh spieltag the pats are going to alemania next year patriots in germany how about that huh yes that means that i probably should get my passport uh renewed <laughs> Because yes. currently, currently it's expired. <laughs> expired. Yeah. Yeah, expired. Mine too. And my wife has been on my ass about getting it renewed for months so we could take a family trip to France to visit some relatives. Meanwhile, I'm thinking like, oh, no, no, no. I, I got to go over there. And I got to tell you, the Patriots, Andy probably knows this from the years with Patriots Unfiltered and .com, but the Patriots German fan club is probably the closest thing we have to the Bills Mafia. Like they're untethered they are wired for success they're a blast mike so I, I bet instead of you traveling to buffalo like you have been every week for the last several months uh get ready because uh deutschland is going to have a party ready for you and the bills are in in london too so i, I don't know could conceivably be a uh a double shot for me of uh, games overseas oh well, a big shot over here huh yeah wow i like that they're sending um like the Chiefs are going over there, the Bills are going. Like you're going to get to see if you're a European football fan, not football fan. You're going to mm-hmm. get to see some of the uh, best quarterbacks on the planet. So I think that's cool. And uh, so you're a bit of a, a curmudgeon. Would you rather go to Germany or Buffalo? Buffalo. Really? Yeah. The all, said, said one person ever. Like what? Why? Yeah. It's a it's an hour flight, dude. I knew. See, I knew with you it would be about like ease and comfort and all. Like, yeah, absolutely. Have you been to Germany in your life? Uh, for one night, it was a 
playing Sounds like a porn. He already won night in Germany. <laughs> yeah. well, nah, I was supposed, to, supposed to be coming home from Italy and uh, in the gulag. The flight and got stuck in Frankfurt for a night. So you haven't been to Germany. Okay, so this is going to be a bucket list trip for you if you go. Should we talk to your bosses to see if you're even going? I don't want I, you to I, get all worked. I have out. a good feeling. I I have a pretty good feeling you'll be going. I don't imagine that WEI will be sending either of us. No six I'll, rings in Germany. What is six? What? Hey, can you? I asked, have, I asked Mike Thomas. He actually said nine. <laughs> 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 yeah no that's not gonna happen um i'm gonna start trying to see if the patriots will make that like next year's big road trip because i think it'd be a blast um and i bet they play kansas city since i bet that'll end up being the game well no 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 no, no, no. kansas city separate, separate, separate games yeah oh kansas is playing there oh. new england is playing there but they are not playing together there the patriots will play new england in foxborough i mean the mm -hmm. nailed it no, that's fine we'll just Shut save up. that <laughs> just clip it and play it later oh yeah not sure like you the Pats will play the Patriots <laughs> and New England. Oh, boy. If I ever learned Fox to tell you, you're both getting an ass whooping on that. Oh, 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 please. Is that F-O-X-B-R-O, or is that, do you put the U-G-H at the end of it? U-G-H, yeah, well, the proper way. There's only one O-R-O, -O, and that's Foxborough Stadium. Yeah, why did they do that, Bob? Yeah, okay. a, 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 at least now, at least now we know in advance which version of Andy Hart we get to on today's show. So that's good to know. I always, I'm a big rules of engagement guy. Number one and number two, why? Why isn't it just always F O X B R O O U G H? Like that's the way the town spells it. Why did we get lazy and cut off the U G H? But there are some places that in town use the O R O. And I mean, look no further than Attleboro. Attleboro and North Attleboro are not spelled the same. Even though one is just north added to the other word, they're spelled differently. Freaking we're stupid. We're from New England. Yeah, we got to do Puritans. They ruined we, everything. We got to do everything different. And speaking of doing everything different, here's a big market segue. Mike, how about these options at coordinator? It seems like the Patriots are actually going to name one this year, or thus we were told last week in what Hart and I dubbed maybe one of the more, if not, uh, I know you can't be most unique, but dare I say it was a unique week in Foxborough. You, you're all. Uh, with Andy even saying that between Robert Kraft's email on Monday to the season ticket holders and Tuesday night's press release at seven o'clock announcing Gerard Mayo and the search for a coordinator, Bill Belichick was a tad emasculated by Actually, Robert Kraft's words that I took back. Yeah, I, I advise you take it back. I took <laughs> back frustrated. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, <laughs> was a little strong. I, uh, I got you. I got you to work emasculated, which is good. Like, so we'll still on that. Gray Rugemer used to talk about biting the balls off goats, and that made me rethink I didn't want to go the castration route. So emasculated. Was Bill Belichick emasculated last week? Yeah, a little bit. Ooh, yeah, a long, little bit. Long Belichickian pause on the afternoon well, show well, on WEI there. Be because I I still don't think that they would have necessarily done it if he had thrown a fit about the press release. But, I mean, I think we all know, ideally, that's not something Bill wants to do. So, yeah, I mean, I guess there was some, probably some – Look, we think this is the right thing to do. We don't have to do anything. No, we think this is the way we should do it. It's been, you know, a rough couple of years, blah, 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 back and forth. But I think eventually he was like, fine, just go do it. So I overanalyze everything. You know that. It's why we do podcasts and it gives us plenty of content. Um, the first sentence said in that release, two sentence release, I believe 39 words telling us about Mayo extension talks and interviewing coordinators, which they didn't even have a coordinator, but we don't need to get into the details. Um, the first few words were, I believe, going from memory here, the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. Did you find that interesting that um, 
there was a differentiation. Because I just assumed if you say the New England Patriots are doing something, Bill Belichick's part of that. Why do I have to say and Bill Belichick? Yeah, so that it gives you the the full on. Yes, he he's okay with it. He's okay with us saying it by by putting. Or it they in. made him pretend he's okay with it. Well, the latter. That's yes. That's always a real possibility for something like this. As we know, Bill does not like to be um, transparent with anything, basically. So yeah, that's that's fair. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like Tom Brady going up to the podium wearing the TB12 hat instead of the Patriots hat. Remember, there was a there's a long period in time it was always the Patriots gear, and then all of a sudden, at some point, it shifted. Maybe Bill should be going up there with Bill Belichick gear. Yeah, or, or the Bill no Belichick longer, Foundation. The yeah, exactly. He's exactly. No longer fully invested in this team, and the team's not fully invested in him like it once was. To use his oh. word, in 2020. Bill right? Belichick is fully invested in. No, he's still fully invested in this team. I think this was a quid pro quo. Like you're going to have to bite the bullet on this one, Bill, because we can't. We cut you enough slack last year to put Patricia and Judge in charge of the offense. Spoiler alert: it didn't work. We're going to now reverse engineer your offensive reverse engineering and start actually paying some fan service, which we all know Robert Kraft cares about. And he should because tickets were selling for $40 on the secondhand market. There were empty seats on Christmas Eve and the grumbling in the lot, Mike, you probably heard it from at the to the network back to the stadium up to Buffalo and beyond season ticket holders were pissed last year. Yeah, I mean, and you bring up a good point, And it's a point that I've talked about quite a bit here over the last few weeks about the the, the empty seats. And Christmas Eve day against the Bengals and Joe Burrow, if the fans were fully invested in that team, that place is banged out. You look, we've been there. We've had they've been they played on Thanksgiving. They've had these games like that on Christmas Eve. Um, people go. People have had to travel. They played Buffalo the day after Christmas. Uh, people have traveled. They, they've come. They went to Buffalo when the Patriots are at home against Buffalo the day after Christmas. It was banged out because. You wanted to see your team because you believed in your team. There were empty seats late in the year, I think, because people realized, like, it's first of all, watching this offense, not very fun. Like, I, I don't know if I want to see that. And it's cold. Like, you start to get into those things where you're the spoiled fan base that uh, it's probably just better to watch it from my couch. And then if I don't like it, I can turn the channel or I can go to the fridge. I can whatever, walk the dog. I don't, I don't have to sit through – three plus hours of watching this offense do what it did for a large part of the year. So let's get into the, uh, the topic of the week is the interviews. And I want to start with a simple question that I don't have the answer to, which is why I'm asking it. I'm not sure you have the answer to it, but when it says the new England Patriots are interviewing these people, Adrian Clem or uh, Nick Cayley, we can get into the candidates later. What, what does the interview look like? Who's doing the interviewing? Is Robert Kraft there? Is Jonathan Kraft there? Is it just Bill? Is it Bill and Matt? Like, do you have any insight as to what these actual interviews might look like? Sure. Sure. Ask me a question I don't have an answer to, Andy. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. we bring it. you in for? I have no, no idea. Nobody puts you in a position to succeed better than Andy Hart. He's, <laughs> he's the <laughs> Matt Patricia. <laughs> and I agreed to do this, Andy. Hey, Charlie Casserly, we don't go over <laughs> anything we didn't do in a production oh, meeting. Jesus Christ, nobody's wrong more than Andy Hart or Charlie Casserly. Okay, I, so you don't know who's in there. What yeah. would you um, make an educated, speculative guess? I would say it is Matt Excuse me. and Bill. Did you say Matt? I did say Matt. Grow or Patricia? See? I think it's Patricia. I'm sure, I, you know what? And I'm sure I'm sure you for a second there with the grow part. No, no. And, I, and I'm sure that there is a point in time in which Matt grow is in there as well. And I'm sure there's a point in time where 
the candidate is face to face with Robert and Jonathan, one or both. I don't, don't know. You feel if like that all, could be a um. That, I don't know if that's all in the same room. Yeah. At the same time. I I think Robert's the kind that would like to. Oh, Bill says, "Hey, uh, Adrian, why don't you go to the bathroom if you need to?" And then, oh, Robert happens to grab him in the hallway, like coincidentally, like ambushes him, and just see how he reacts to seeing. Like, I feel like Robert could ambush, or Jonathan could ambush. Oh, I could totally see a scenario in which they're in the room, and then Robert just knocks on the door and walks in. Oh, yep. oh, I didn't know. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> oh my. And then all of a sudden, he's asking about how he feels about you know, uh, wide zone. Yep. <laughs> right. So, and. and, and- the idea that the interviews, Mike, have to likely begin with, I think this is sort of uh, obvious, but at the same time, why not play Captain Obvious for an odd offseason following one of the most odd years I think any of us can remember? Wouldn't the interview begin with not a what's your general philosophy or how do you see bringing uh, your play calling uh, ideas to our team? Won't it just begin with, so what do you do with Mac? Yeah, I think that's absolutely the question. Uh, assuming that they're still committed to Mac, right? How do you how do you how do you fix our quarterback? How do you get this guy to be more like the the kid we saw as a rookie versus what we saw last year? Which, you know, I, I think later in the year he played much better, um, and he's not going to get credit for that because we're going to remember all the stuff, that, even some of the stuff that happened late in the year, the Vegas collapse, things of that nature. Um, but I think a Tell me if you think he's good. B, how do we how do we get him back to where he needs to be, or how do we get him back on track to being the quarterback that we thought a year ago at this time? We thought he's probably your quarterback for the next eight to ten years at, at bare minimum. Now, and we didn't think like oh superstar, but we thought like you got someone you can win with. And now I think you know for a lot of reasons, people have questions about whether or not he's that guy. And and there haven't there been and just if I may follow up haven't there been a lot of people in the building like there's a a majority it seems or there's a coalition of executives and player personnel guys that are for Mac and that does that mean that there are still some in the building doubting like Rich Keefe last night said on the radio like what if Nick Cayley sits down to his interview and goes I'll tell you what Bill I was here all last year I think we can win with Bailey Zappi and here's the playbook I've designed for him like could you imagine if Andy's boy came in and does something like that. <laughs> Um, I didn't know you were just your boy, Andy. He's, I like him. Okay. Um, I don't know that Bailey Zappi is anyone's con- going to convince themselves that Bailey Zappi is the long-term answer. But, yeah, I, I there definitely are people in the building that still believe because they saw what they saw his rookie year. And even though now there's sort of a – there's a narrative out there, whether it's via the sports radio talk show hosts, whether it's TV, whatever, that ah, he, he kind of sucked in the second half of the year. And I would challenge that. I don't think that's that's accurate. Yeah, he beat up on a couple bad teams late in the year. But um, when you collapsed, he wasn't your major problem. In fact, like I know I, I heard someone bring up the, the Colts game. Yeah, was he good in the first half? No. But what he did in the second half – was he got you back in the game. So we're all saying like, where's his signature win? Well, he put them, he gave them moments where he should have had a signature win and then someone else didn't hold up their end of the bargain. So, and in that case, the Colts game, you know, run defense, gaping hole, Jonathan Dante Taylor. Hightower. Yeah, Hightower. So, um, I th- and I, yeah, I forget whether it was Wise or Judon, but somebody else was in the, in the mix. McCordy. Yeah. Two players, who, one who did retire after that season and one probably should have. Wow. Uh, just coming in. Wow. But that's a side note. I just I go back to that. There, there are 
at least who I've talked to, there are more Mac guys than not. But there is a there is also a little hive of anti-Mac people in that building. Um, wow. So let's get into, is Billy O'Brien still the top candidate and most likely candidate? And second part of my two-part John Dennis question, of the <laughs> other names that have been circulating, who intrigues you the most? So, look, I, I mean, I reported and it's everybody's sort of taken off with their own versions of it is that, humble brag well, i mean you know sometimes their credit doesn't get given where it were yeah. due but uh, the man but, flex every now and again come but, on but if, but if we're being real no so there there are people inside the building that that's bill's the guy that's what they want but bill's out recruiting right now so i i don't and as far as i know there's been no communication with bill on setting up an interview so do with that what you will. That just seems a little odd to me that you've already started your interview process and Bill's out in the road someplace in Mississippi or wherever, you know, trying to recruit another five-star quarterback when everybody thinks, or a lot of people think that he's like fait accompli, that he's going to be here. And I keep saying, I pump the brakes on that yet. I think he's what they want, but we, for whatever reason, we haven't gotten there yet. Um, the two other names I think that kind of intrigued me our Kaylee, for obvious reasons, we were here last year doing this, and I said I thought he should have been the guy. There were people inside the building that thought he should have been the guy, and then he gets passed over. Now, whether that's because Josh wanted to take him with him and somebody viewed that as, as uh, disloyalty, I don't know. You'd have to ask those people. Um, and then now if you look at the scenario that he was in, his influence was reduced. And then his, you know, people will point out the tight end position wasn't what it should be with what they're paying. Well, I would now say we have two years of evidence that show us that Jonu Smith is not that guy. He's just not. So let's throw away the fact that they gave him, not Nick Kelly, but Bill gave him money. And he's not the player that anybody hoped he would be. And Hunter's still a good player. And Hunter had to block way more. And he should have this year because their offensive line was terrible. So if you want to point to production there, point to that and point to, again, how the offense was being run, you know, with no real easy answers. Hunter Henry should be an easy answer for a quarterback. And for some reason, they didn't decide to press that button this year uh, or they were incapable of pressing that button this year. So I, I like him. Other people like him. Um, you know, I, I would imagine that if he's not the OC, he won't be around. His contract's about to expire, right? Um, so I, I would find it hard to believe that he would stick around if he gets passed over again. Um, and then I, I kind of am intrigued by the Keenan McCardell, uh, Doug Marone combo. And I think Marone is actually the more important piece there. Uh, incredibly well-respected as an offensive line coach, um, for a long, long time and has gone places and done things with offensive lines, um, that's improved those units wherever he's been. You're, you know, I, I tweeted out yesterday, you know, when they were, when I mentioned the McArdle uh, Marone connection, that the people I talked to inside the building, that you you may hear a lot about Mac, but they're like, we didn't block, like we just we didn't block that that line so underperformed, and you know, there's a million and one reasons for it, uh, but coaching is part of that for sure, and Doug Marone, someone I think that they believe internally could whip that group back into shape. Uh, it still needs some pieces. Don't get me wrong, but uh, he's a good coach. And, you know, McCardle, obviously long history 
dating with Bill and and also with Doug Marone. So there's there could be some collaboration there as well. So uh, yeah, it's a little bit risky to turn it over again to a first time play caller, but we're not talking about someone who hasn't been involved on the offensive side of the ball for the last however many years. Yeah, to me, it the idea of Keenan McCardell and Doug Marone is very, very intriguing because, and I do not believe Keenan McCardell is going to be coming in just to check off the Rooney rule box. And I hate to actually even have to qualify it as much, but it is 2023 and that's how the NFL, um, you may be able to bring in somebody who's got a taste of the McVay tree because he's connected to O'Connell and has worked uh, all around the league. So there could be a progressive element that they might be adding to the Patriots offense. And with Doug Marone, uh, this this has gone wildly under-discussed. I think a lot of us speculated on it, but it seems word is now trickling out, Mike, that basically Patricia, a quarter, halfway through the season, kind of was like, hey, Billy, you take the line. I got my hands full over here. I got receivers and tight ends running into each other. We can't score in the red zone. So now you've got Billy Yates, who's been an offensive line assistant, now having to take over a line that has a bunch of attitude problems, got injuries, it's underperforming wildly, and a guy who's just coming up with, who's improvising an offensive scheme on the fly. Like, no wonder it was a mess. Bring in a Doug Marone. Just give me gritty old football who can just handle the big guys in the trench. I like how you keep disappearing, Fitzy. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. You hate StreamYard. Now, I'm just going to go with the, for some reason, my high def camera kicks in and out sometimes. Now I'm just going to go with the FaceTime camera. You've got all your own issues with StreamYard, Hart. You understand this platform's a pain in the ass. It is. We don't have like a sponsorship deal with them, right? Or anything. We nah, can rip no, we can rip them. Yeah, okay. StreamYard sucks. <laughs> all right. All right. Jeez. What a mood this guy's in. Anyway, the floor is yours, Senor Giardi. Yeah. Um, curious. And just remember, like, as we spent the first few weeks with the binoculars trained on the sideline, you're actually almost as intrigued by what was going on on the sideline and how guys were being coached when they came off the field as we were with what was happening on the field, which once again is a sign that things were screwed up and we shouldn't be at that point. But the Billy Yates up in the box and then coming down for the second half in the opener against Miami. And then eventually, I forget whether it was the next week or the week after, that became the full-time thing. Yeah, it was too much for Matt to handle. And again, that's not that's not an insult of Matt's intelligence. He got they gave him too much. This is when Bill says blame me, yeah, I I I blame you. You decided that this was the structure that was going to work and you were confident in these guys' coaching abilities. And I do believe those guys actually can coach. Maybe just not what they were asked to coach, right? Um, so they had to do a lot of things that moved and changed. And I think we got some acknowledgments late in the year that they realized it wasn't working, but you had to play out the string at that point and figure out a way to try to do your best to kind of get through it. And they had a couple decent offensive performances late in the year that, like I said, you know, with max performance and some of the offensive performances gave me a little bit of pause when we went into the off season, like, I don't know, can they convince themselves that, that we finally started to get it together late in the year? And that when you think about what we were asking them to do, that that's probably what it was going to take. And now in year two, we should be so much better off. Um, but mercifully, that's, you know, that's not the case. And they're going to try to do this uh, the way they should have done it last year and get somebody one or two bodies in here that, you know, you can trust to devise a plan and execute the plan and not see the same stupid mistakes week in, week out. Um, I'm curious too, guys, like, Everybody loves Troy Brown. 
the receivers were a mess. And um, I'm, I'm curious how they look at that position uh, and say to themselves, like, we just need a better coach there. Or is it the players? Is it the coaching? Is it a combination of both? I'm going to say it's a combination of both because I think I, there's a couple of players there that we, we overvalued coming into the year who made the same stupid mistakes in week 18 that they were making in week one. And that's, you know, like, yeah, you can point the finger at the coach, but also like, you know, better than that. You've been in the league for a long time. You shouldn't be running in the same places. You shouldn't be doing the same things every single week that cost the team. And there was a lot of that from that group. So you kind of brought this up with the question about Troy, but the, there's a big difference between Billy O'Brien and Nick Cayley coming in. One's going to be, you know, a guy who's probably, as people like to say now, the CEO of the offense. Billy O'Brien's done it a lot of places, whatever. Is is the offensive coordinator going to, and, and will it depend on who the person is, how much autonomy they have, whether it's scheme or building their own staff, keeping assistance, bringing in assistance, or is this job that's up for grabs, are you running the New England Patriots offense and Bill Belichick's going to go back to being the head coach and defensive-minded and special, whatever. I mean, how... How wide open is is the opportunity for these guys? I think what you're seeing already from some of the names that have already been brought in, and then obviously Billy, is that Bill's not ready to take the the, the Patriot offense of 20 years and throw it out the window. I think he still wants elements of that offense in there. And then, again, I think we're going to be looking at another um, spring and summer where whoever it is, there's going to be more of that McVay-Shanahan-type influence would again behoove them to get some personnel that can do that as well up front. But I think that's what you're still looking at. I think he wants to make that, that, that transition at least partially. And I think whoever is brought in here is going to have to be able to marry the two, uh, which is what they tried to do last year. But again, they did it with guys that were probably a little bit over their skis. So maybe this year we'll actually see more coaches, fewer jobs on on the respective plates of Belichick, whoever the coordinator is. You know, that was one of our lines last year. Like the whole mantra in the stadium is do your job, except everyone has somewhere between three and five different jobs, which, which is too much. There's a brain drain and you've got too many guys trying to do too many things. Uh, tell me if you had the same takeaway from wildcard weekend that I think uh, a lot of us walked away with, Mike, which was that while, yes, it's. Uh, to your benefit to have a generational talent and an athletic stud like a Mahomes and Allen, et cetera, under center. We saw a lot of scheme over talent or coaching culture can get you just as far. And I think none further than with the, the talent and the, the Kyle Shanahan work in the second half when they dominated Seattle. And then that awesome effort by Brian Dayball, Mike Kafka, Daniel Jones, and the Giants on Sunday. Should that give Patriots fans heart going forward? Coaching matters. Like, it, it really does. And that's why when people, even during Max rookie year, like, oh, he's not this athletic freak. He can't do some of the things the other guys do. And I'm still convinced that in big moments, in big games, your quarterback has to win from the pocket. And I think he can win from the pocket. I think he showed us signs of that as a, as a rookie that he can do that. But you have to have pieces around him. So he's not going to be the guy that, you know, is running to his left and flicks it 50 yards to the far sideline. That's not him. That's fine. It doesn't have to be him. You don't have to absolutely win that way. Aaron Rodgers does that. Aaron Rodgers wins all these MVPs. What does Aaron Rodgers win in the postseason? Nothing. You know what he does in the postseason? He chokes over and over and over again. He's guys, guys got one ring and he, sh he should have three, four, five. Um, that's just 
sort of like you fall in love with the the guy and the ability to make plays, but can he make plays when it matters? Um, does he seize up in those moments? And I would say he does. So I, I think, do we know whether Mac does or not? I, we don't because this year was just complete garbage in, in terms of the way I evaluate him. Uh, and I think the way some other people are looking at it, people that are more important than me, like we just put him in a bad spot and we got to figure that out. Um, so yeah, th- would it help to have the Josh Allen six foot five, two hundred forty five pound, hurtling, lowering the shoulder, but then throwing the ball sixty five yards in the air? Of course. But Zach Wilson can throw the ball sixty five yards in the air from one side of the field to the other. Is he good? Nope. No. No. So I just think if you if you're if you're well coached and you have a good scheme, you can win and you can. I don't even. I don't even like deficiencies because I think Mac is what he is. He's a pocket passer with a little bit better athleticism than some, than some people think. So can you highlight those things? Because that's what Josh did, and you won ten games and went to the playoffs. And he was your probably your best player in the postseason game when you got smoked. Um, so I don't know. I think that's incumbent, and I think people should realize that. That for all the you know the gnashing of teeth about Mac and bad, we got to move on and blah, you got it. No, I don't think it's time yet. I want to give uh, Gerard Mayo the respect he deserves because he was the other sentence in the the press release that stunned us all last week. Gerard, first of all, is Gerard Mayo definitively back? I know he turned down some other opportunities, but it was a weird statement that they were negotiating an extension. Yet the headline on Patriots.com, it said they're going to extend him. Like they kind of, there was a mixed message there. Is Gerard Mayo back? Is he the assistant head coach that we all seem to assume he could end up being? And does that change anything defensively? Does he now have, you know, veto power over Steve, or is it still an equal shareholder with Steve in the way this defense will evolve? Well, I would imagine that if that deal was done, we would know about it by now. So I'm a little surprised that there hasn't been the, because there's been a fair amount of leaks from, from that side of the equation. And I would think for sure that when it's done, you're going to know it's done and you're going to know what the title change is. Uh, if in fact there is one, which I think there most certainly will be. Um, I don't, I still don't see him stepping over Steven. Um I think for starters, I think they like the way that that worked. Uh, so I do foresee that being the, the the additional title being the associate or assistant head coach. Um, and I'm sure that there are conversations. I mean, it's got to be clear, guys. If he, if he either made a huge mistake by turning down the Carolina uh, interview, and I would tend to lean that way regardless of whether you want to stay or not, because you'd be foolish not to take that interview and put yourself in front of the, the people that you're going to talk to, who you may run into it at various stages of, hey, this assistant GM may end up getting a job in, you know, wherever in Chicago. And that's really where I want to go. And well, I, we had a great bond. And the next thing you know, you're the head coach of Chicago a year from now. So I think it was kind of odd that he did that. Now, maybe the Patriots said, don't, if we're going to do this, we need you, you fully committed. And that means you're turning down all interviews. Um, but I, 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 much like with Josh, when Josh came back and we got the whole, Bill's going to open his whatever, whatever, I forget the phrase. His world. Yes, yes, his world. Um, I got to believe that Mayo is being positioned to be the next guy. That doesn't mean he's going to be the next guy, but I got to believe that that's w- what this conversation is also about. Because if you know Gerard, 
Gerard doesn't want to leave here. This is home. He's got a young family. Um, I think Gerard believes he could be a head coach today. Um, so to convince him that he's staying, to me, there has to be another piece to that further down the line. Like, hey, you know, if it goes well, you're uh, you're the odds-on favorite to be the next dude. That was my takeaway, too. The second I read the press release, Mike, my immediate quote tweet was, I believe a succession plan is now uh, unofficially in place. Like, don't go anywhere. We're going to pay you. Bill may be here two more years till he gets Shula. Could be three, four, whatever. What that says about Steven and the Belichick connection going forward, I, I can't guarantee, but I believe he is the future as well. Uh, I think that's definitely the head, the head coach in waiting. They all, uh, Crafts love him. Belichick loves him. Took him early in 2008. Um, it would make a ton of sense to me. Uh, I mean, how, we, many times, how many times last year did you see yeah. Mayo and Kraft at Celtics games together? Oh, yeah. Great point. <laughs> It just, you know, like there's yeah. a relate there's a relationship there that goes yeah. far beyond what you would think between the owner and some assistant coach. But um, isn't that isn't that Gerard's um business world back? Like he learned for a few years how networking and business and handshaking and FaceTime worked. And so I don't think that's a coincidence that he is making sure that Robert is in his corner or Robert is at very least uh, in step with him. So that, cause Gerard's a smart guy. Like yes. no one can ever leave a conversation. You know, we talked a lot about Cam Newton's aura and owning mm -hmm. room and a different style, flashier style. Gerard Mayo is the same damn thing. When he walks into a room, he owns the room. Yep. Right. When he leaves the room, people go, wow, that, that guy's impressive. Like that's just, he's he not imposing. He's magnetic. Andy, he's a very, he's a very charming, charming and intelligent man. Oh, absolutely. But that's a talent owning a room. You know, like I think it gets like sometimes portrayed as a negative, almost like a con man or a, or a networker or yeah. he's not the kind of guy who's looking past you for the more important conversation. And But he knows the more important conversations there and he's going to find his way to get to it without offending the less important conversation. Like, I think he's very impressive in that way. Just um, as we sort of wrap up the coaching staff. What do you think the timetable is here? Well, we know so because there are these weird things on the horizon where Patriots are coaching the Shrine Bowl. Yeah. So Matt Patricia's coaching the offense for the Shrine Bowl, I guess. I, I, I don't Those lucky future fifth rounders. <laughs> um, but will we have an idea? Because in the old days, I'd say we'd have to wait till the combine when we're looking at credentials to see who's working for. Ooh, that guy has a Patriots credential on. He yeah. worked. But is this a new day? Will we get a press release? Bill Belichick's 2023 staff is as follows or something on January 29th. That's a good point with the press release, right? Because normally we're in we're in uh we're in August and we're still like, wait, who's he? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen it with the wide receivers. Is he the right. wide receiver coach or is he and this is the new world? Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be well, again, that'll probably be another indication of uh how much owner influence just in terms of the 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 way we're going to do PR here in this next period of time um, exists. I, I think it makes more sense, obviously, to have it done before you get into any of these points. But to me, I guess the biggest thing would be have someone in place by the combine. Like to me, that's sort of the drop. Like, okay, like we, hey, we like this guy. We like that guy. We can show you, you can look at the tape. You can watch the interview, whatever you can, you know, you can do all those different things that we maybe did at the shrine or at the senior bowl. But by the time you get to the combine, like let's know who our guy is and how we're going to do it. 
just one quick follow-up on where you started. No, because you, you, when you said deadlines and combine, um, there was this theory on the internet, and that's a dangerous statement to <laughs> that's make. No good podcast segments have ever begun with, there was this theory on the internet. And this has nothing to do with vaccinations or anything of that If nature. I hear the words inside job, I'm cutting your feed. This, the, no, the theory was that Bill O'Brien was asked by Nick Saban to wait till the transfer portal closed before he dabbled with the Patriots. Any any possibility that's real? It closed yesterday, by the way. No, I know. So could yeah. that be the could that open the door? Right. I mean, well, then if that opens the door, right, we should have within the next twenty four to forty eight hours. You would think then, then bam, there's your there's your next leak. There's your right. next. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, next Ian Rappaport uh, says that the Patriots are interviewing Bill O'Brien on Friday. Oh man, but I want real information, not fake news. Oh, for God's sake, that, that's colleague for good. Say it on the episode Giardi's not on you, knucklehead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Maybe for, all right, would it make you happier? If, he, if, wasn't, if, he wasn't sorry at all. He was, that's the fakest sorry I've ever heard in my life. I mean, maybe we'll hear about that in the next couple hours. As we record this on a Thursday, Gerard Mayo, excuse me, rather, Keenan McCardell is apparently having an interview today for offensive coordinator. We'll see if Billy O's gets officially announced or which other ones come in line. The one thing I'd like to point out about Billy O'Brien as we wrap this portion before we get into the divisional round talk is if I'm Billy O'Brien, and even though I've kind of made it clear, I probably have head coaching ambitions again, and I want to move back to New England. Tampa Bay needs a coordinator badly. And the Chargers, though they're cheap AF, they really need a coordinator. And if you're Billy O'Brien, I'm not taking $150,000 a year to come back up here and have to rebuild Mac, undo everything Patricia did and rebuild the Patriots offense when I can just go out there and work with uh, Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, even if I have to put up with a knucklehead like Brandon Staley, like, I think Billy O is in a position of power, Mike, which could make those negotiations a little more tense or a little tighter than they Belichick would like them. Fitzy, I think money does matter here. Yeah. Um, and we know that there's been sort of um, a cap uh, on the on the coaching yeah. staff. Do we want to call it that? I mean, are like, they twenty seventh in cash spending on coaches too <laughs> in the last three years? Not um, if you see Bill's paycheck. Yeah, right. He's doing just, <laughs> no. he's doing just fine. But like, I so I was. You mentioned O'Brien, Todd Monken, the the Georgia uh, OC, who's now you know starting to some rumblings, and there are even some rumblings about here. He makes two million a year. He ain't coming to New England for a million or a million and a half, right? I'm, why would I take a pay cut to come up there and work more hours uh, and have less talent at my well, disposal than I have at Georgia? No, and have to and have to listen to Tommy from Quincy and uh, you know Teddy from Worcester and everyone crawling like down there he's a god. Yep. No, but uh, you want right. the Patriots stank on your resume. You want to win a Super Bowl. Oh, is this not 2007? Is this thing? <laughs> thing oh my god! I'm, I'm going to start calling you the comment section because you are such a freaking troll heart. It's unreal. <laughs> oh, God bless you though. You are who you are, and we <clears throat> love you for it. Uh-huh. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 